following is a continuation of our study looking at our union with Christ. We hope you enjoy. say hi to you all tonight. They pass along their greetings to you. Mikey was covered in noodles and sauce when I was talking to him earlier. Alright, Psalm 126. And singing this every night. We're going to sing it again here in just a little bit. Let me pray for us. Father, you are a good God. And Lord, we have enjoyed the fellowship that we've had this week. We've enjoyed... Being on the beach, we've enjoyed being in this room, hanging out, and Lord, as we wrap up this evening, Father, I ask that you would fix our eyes upon you, so that we may see how awesome you are, that we may see how good you are, and how you are with us even in the hardest of times. I pray this in Christ's holy and wonderful name. Amen. Okay, so Psalm 126, I want you to think about what happens to you when you are just beaten up and frustrated and you feel like it's just not even worth continuing who here's a quitter and it's okay if you raise your hand who here's just like white towel i'm done (laughs) on to the next thing okay and there's no shame in that okay but when it comes to our faith and when it comes to our union with christ we can't do that we can't just say all right jesus i've followed you for this long and It's been good, and I've enjoyed it, but it's just too hard right now, so I'm just going to throw in the white towel for now. We can't do that, because Jesus calls us to follow him no matter what. Being a failure and constantly feeling like things are just never going to get better, it's a pretty common thing for a lot of us. You know, we go through experiences, we go through trials, and sometimes we just don't even know when they're going to end. And I was thinking about people throughout history that have just been beaten up over years and years and years. And I want to read just a couple things to you here and see if you can guess who this is. This person failed his own business at the age of 22. He ran for legislature and was defeated at the age of 23. He started another business and that failed at the age of 24. He was elected into legislature at 25. His girlfriend died when he was 26. He had a nervous breakdown at 27. He was defeated for Speaker of the House at 29. He was defeated for Elector at 31. He was defeated for Congress at the age of 34. He was finally elected to Congress at 37. Defeated for Congress again at 39. Defeated for Senate at 46. Defeated for Vice President at the age of 47. Defeated again for Senate at the age of 49 and was finally elected president at age 51. Who do you think that was? It was. It was Abraham Lincoln. Now, so between the ages of 22 and 51, he constantly experienced this sense of, here we go again. Okay, Here's another trial. Here's another stumbling block in my way. Here's another thing that's keeping me from doing what I want to do. But what did he keep doing? He kept trying. And he kept going. He kept going. And I guarantee it was hard for him. But he kept pressing on. So, again, have we ever just been so just defeated and just exhausted of our circumstances that we just want to pretend like they don't exist, pretend like we can just disappear from them? Uh, Sometimes we wish we want that. We we wish we can do that, but we can't. 
And as we look at our passage tonight, that's exactly what Israel is feeling in Psalm 126. Now, they are coming out of exile, and they're starting to taste a little bit of that freedom. They're starting to taste a little bit of that going back to their roots and their land. And they're starting to get to it, but they still feel this angst and this frustration and this feeling like, oh, is this even for real? Like, they're just waiting for the ground to drop out from underneath them. Because they expect something else to go wrong. Tonight, as we look at this, as we continue looking at our union with Christ, I really want us to press into this psalm and see that, if you're taking notes, here's our main point. Union with Christ provides us perseverance, and that perseverance is stronger in community together. That perseverance is stronger in community together. So let's read Psalm 126. A song of ascents. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter, and our tongue with shouts of joy. And then they said among us, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Like those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with them. So tonight, as we look at our perseverance, so we talked about salvation first night, our sanctification last night, and tonight we're going to look at what we call perseverance, our continuing in the faith, and how Jesus holds us in the faith, because he never lets us go, and how he provides us his spirit to help us each and every day. So we're going to look at our perseverance today, and I want us to Think about it under two different categories. First, that whenever we're going through something hard, we need to remember. Right? We need to remember what God has done, and then we need to keep pressing on. So remember and press on. So look at verse 1 with me. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion. And they're coming out of captivity. They've been under someone else's rule for so long. Some of them don't even remember what it was like to be free. And they're just exhausted. They're beat up. And they couldn't even believe that what was happening in this moment, this coming out of captivity and seeing the land and getting back to where their families set up roots, they, I mean, he says it right there in verse 1. We were like those who dream. They're waiting for themselves to wake up from a dream here. They feel like this is too good to be true. There's no way that this is happening. Have you ever had a really, really bad day followed by a really, really good one? You're almost like, is this really happening? Am I dreaming right now? Because yesterday was terrible, right? There's no way that this day is so much better. But when we go through difficult circumstances, oftentimes we need that moment where we're like, okay, this is real, and this is good. And God's providing that for them here. When we go through difficult circumstances, Jesus calls us to remember all the things that he has done for us so that we can understand the reality of the grace that he is providing for us. So what's their response? Okay, they've realized, okay, this isn't a dream. What do we do now? They laugh, and they have joy. Their response is laughter. They were happy, completely and utterly happy, to the point where they're shouting. They're not just, oh, this is great, this is joyous. No, they're shouting it from their lips. They're so excited they can't contain it. The book of Job in chapter 8, 21 says, He will fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouting. And they recognize and they remember what the Lord has done. And not only are they recognizing what the Lord has done, the other nations around them are looking at Israel going back into their land. And they're saying, wow, 
is this really happening too? That their Lord has done all these great things. So even as they're praising God, other people are witnessing this. They're seeing how they're responding to their difficulty. And they're recognizing that God is the only one that can truly bring joy and laughter to their lips. So why do we remember? If you're like me, I forget the simplest things. And sometimes they're very important things. But we're called to remember what God has done because we so easily forget the, the days that He has provided really good, amazing things for us, the days that He showed us grace upon grace. And we get so easily discouraged and we get so easily distracted by our circumstances. I guarantee you that even the most positive people in your life have had pessimistic moments over the past couple of months, right? Like even those people, they're like, why aren't you... You never frown. You're always smiling. You're always happy about things. Everybody has bad days. Everybody forgets the good. But we're called to remember. And as Israel is descending towards Jerusalem here, they needed to remind each other to remember. They needed to remind the people next to them that, hey, God is doing this, and this is great, and this is awesome, and we need to keep praising Him for it. Because for them it was good. They were on their way, but there were still others who were still in exile, still experiencing some difficulties. So it brought them joy, but it was still a little bit complicated. And we see that in the second half of the chapter here, starting in verse 4. And here's where we need to remember that we have to keep pressing on, even when it's hard. Even when it's hard. So look at verse 4 with me. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negevs. Not everybody was experiencing this great joy and this laughter that they were feeling. And there were those that were there on their way and they were excited. They were ready to get to Jerusalem, but there were still those who were still in captivity. They hadn't been freed yet. And it's almost like they have this moment of like, oh, we're on our way and this is awesome, but what? Oh, there's still, there's still people. With, they're still under captivity. We need to be thinking about them too. We need to be praying for them. So what does the psalmist ask? Restore our fortunes, O Lord. Restore our fortunes. The burden of certain individuals in Israel, they were still feeling this heartache. They were still feeling this pain, this angst. They still were slaves to other people. They still were servants, and they still had to work for other people, and they gained no benefit from it. So this is the church praying for those that are hurting. This is Israel, God's people, remembering the people that are going through difficult times and praying for them, asking the Lord to deliver them. And then he has this curious phrase, like streams in the Negev. So Negev was a particular area that was incredibly, incredibly dry. It was this kind of arid, waterless district in the south parts of the kingdom of Judah. We see this in Judges 1.15, where in the summer, all the water just essentially disappeared. It was incredibly hot, incredibly arid. Have you ever been so thirsty that you would drink water off the ground? Like, yeah. People in this area would, would just, they would drink whatever water they could get because it was so sparse. So they're asking God to restore the nourishment, restore our grace, restore our faith so that we can remember and see all the good things that you have provided. Even in the midst of a dry, arid season, we are called to remember and we're called to, to look to him. The restoration of Israel has been only as if it was this tiny little trickling stream, and they're asking God to restore it to a river flowing with water. And in its due season, in God's timing, He's going to do this for them. He's going to do this, but He has them going through it for a reason. Now, 
I guarantee you all of you have had some sort of experience in your life, maybe many experiences, where it's caused you to doubt God or to doubt His faithfulness to you or to doubt His love to you. And you've probably questioned, God, why would you ever put me through this? Why would you ever have me experience these difficult things? And While we go through those things, God is trying to lean in and tell us, yes, I have you going through these things so that you will trust in me, so that you will lean in and follow me and know that my grace is sufficient to get you through whatever it is that you are trying to get through. And part of the beautiful thing of that is he gives us community to help us do that. Right? The church is meant to push each other along. So we talked about how the community, the church, is to be constantly reminding each other of our salvation. Our community is constantly to be building us up in sanctification. But our community, our youth group, our church... We're called to be reminding each other to keep pressing on to. That even in the midst of difficult, waterless, arid seasons, we have to remind each other to keep pushing forward because we so easily just want to give up. We so easily just want to say, this is just too much for me to handle and I just can't take it anymore. I'm frustrated and I'm tired. But he gives us another illustration here. He gives us this illustration of a farmer. Right. Have any of y'all done gardening? It's hard work. We tried to build a garden this year, and we got like one cucumber. <laughs> and we spent probably a good like 40 or 50 hours trying to get some plants to grow. It's hard work. And oftentimes, agriculture, those that work on farms, those that work in fields, it's a labor of sorrow. It's a labor of just, I really hope that this actually comes through for me. Because if it doesn't, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's hard work. It can feel hopeless at times. And for Israel, their sowing has been hardship for them. Their sowing has been following God in the midst of difficult circumstances and saying, is this really worth it for me? It's been such hard work, and it's been so hard that it's brought them to tears at this point. And that causes their hearts to feel sorrowful. But Jesus is telling them that I'm going to turn your sorrow into joy. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to build you up. Even though you're still hurting, you can grieve, but you can grieve with hope. So, what do they do? They're working, they're toiling, but they go out weeping. They go out anyways, right? They don't just say, I'm not going to go out today. They say, I'm exhausted and I'm tired, but Lord, help me today, and we're going to keep plowing this field. We're going to keep striving to glorify you even when we don't want to. So, they have songs of joy in the midst of their tears. And that's such a beautiful picture. And the point of this illustration here in the Psalms is to cheer the hearts of those that are brokenhearted. It's felt impossible for them to get out of exile, but here they are, almost there. And Jesus is saying, keep holding on. Keep holding on. I've been running lately, and I'm not built like a runner, obviously. So this has been a challenge for me. Do you all know Andy Hurley? He plays keyboard at the church. He just bought a house around the corner from me. And he's been running with me a couple mornings a week. We wake up at the crack of dawn, and we go running at 5 o'clock on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And the first couple times I did it, I probably made it like 100 yards before I had to stop. Okay. The next day, I made it like 150. And then I started to see myself building up this endurance. Right. And I ran two miles straight for the first time in my life a couple weeks ago, and it felt awesome. Now, but I tell you, there were so many days 
where I was running with Andy, and I just wanted to say, you know what? I hate this, and I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> I just want to throw in the towel, and I just want to give up. But instead, what I saw is he was challenging me. He was pushing me, encouraging me to go further and further. And I built up a little bit of an endurance to the point where I could run further and further and further. And I, I don't want to say I enjoy running, but I'm enjoying it more than I used to. And I'm seeing the fruits of that labor. I'm seeing the fruits of that perseverance. And I wouldn't have seen that if I just said, you know what, I'm going back to bed. And that's exactly how we as a church have to be for one another, right? In the midst of wanting to just give up, in the midst of just saying this is just too hard, we need to be pushing forward. We need to be encouraging one another to keep going. We've said this so many times. Sometimes this COVID thing just feels hopeless for us, right? It just... We feel like everything's starting to get better, and then all of a sudden Governor Abbott puts this mask order in effect, and all of a sudden things are getting shut down again. And it's just, Lord, when is this going to end? But this is a great start for us to keep persevering, to keep pushing on. Y'all know I don't like Zoom. I hate Zoom. It stinks. I don't like looking at y'all on screens. I like looking at you in person like I am right now, and it's great. But even as we still do some Zoom stuff, and even as we try to squeeze in some in-person stuff, I want to encourage you to keep pressing on. We need each other. We need to encourage one another. We need to keep challenging each other to keep working for the sake of building one another up. And I guarantee you, it's going to be worth it for us. It's going to be worth it for us because it's going to grow us closer together. It's going to grow us closer to Jesus. As we weep together over the circumstances that we are going through, we're also going to be stronger because of it. Because that's what the church was built for. The church was built for times like these. Sometimes it doesn't seem like it, but the church was built for times like these because we have to surround each other because God calls us to. So turn to Psalm 30 real quick. I want to end with this. Psalm 30, verse 5. It says, For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. His favor is for a lifetime. He has saved you, he's sanctifying you, and he's persevering you each and every day. And that favor is never going away. It's never going for you, never going away for me. It's never going away for all those who are in Christ Jesus. And he is saying, keep going. Keep pressing on. My encouragement to you all, my challenge to you all, is that when it seems hopeless... When you guys are exhausted, encourage one another. It's okay. We're in this together. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we ask for your strength. We need you, Lord. Please help us to persevere. Please help us to keep on going. Please help us in the midst of difficult circumstances. We pray for a greater love for one another as we look towards our love for you. We pray this in Christ's holy and wonderful name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. We hope this has been helpful for you. Please keep an eye out for more audio upcoming from WIN.